Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for being here with us. We thank you for your Spirit's presence, that you abide within those who believe. My Lord, you, you do awaken us. You do open our eyes. So we give to you this, this time in your word. We give to you this service. In Christ's name again, amen. You, you've heard it said that there's a, a difference between knowing about someone or something and truly knowing them in most things in this world it's the difference between a book knowledge of something and an experiential knowledge of that same thing it's it's the difference between reading about how to ride a bike and the actual experience of riding that bike with the passage before us tonight we're going to see that it's not so simple when it comes to knowing God. Well, what we see here is that knowledge and experience are, are not the entirety. It's not all there is to it. We see here that we need God's Spirit to open our hearts. We need the Spirit of God to be alive and active that we would know who Christ is. What we're going to see in this passage is that knowledge of Scripture plus experience plus the Spirit leads to a real understanding and a knowledge of Jesus Christ, which then leads to faith-based action. So knowledge of Scripture plus experience plus the Spirit leads to a real understanding and a knowledge of Jesus Christ, and that should lead us to faith-based action. Go ahead and open your Bibles up to Luke chapter 24. Luke 24, starting at verse 13. Let's stand up for the reading of God's word. That very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed in word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen, even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O oh, foolish ones! And slow of heart to believe all that the prophets had spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? 
And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, did not our hearts burn within us while, we, while, we, while he talked to us on the road, while, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, the Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. The reading of God's word. Go ahead and be seated. What we have in this passage are two men on the road from Jerusalem to Emmaus after the the sighting of the empty tomb. Two men who, who begin with some experience of Jesus, don't they? They have lived life and they've lived a portion of it as disciples of Jesus Christ in his presence, seeing the things that happened around him, being there when different things had happened. Verse 14, they were discussing these very things. It says, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. And while they were doing that, Jesus drew near. They had been there, hadn't they? They had very real experience of the person of Jesus Christ on this earth. But all they had seen and heard was not enough for them to believe that Christ had risen from the dead. All that experience they had was not enough for them to to come to a complete understanding of what he had said to them before, that he was the Messiah of the Old Testament scriptures. They relate to, to him and they say, we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Verse 18, then one of them named Cleophas answered him, are you the only visitor? to Jerusalem who does not know the things that happened here in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since all these things had happened. Their earthly experience of Jesus was not enough for them to comprehend what had occurred at the cross and in the transpiring three days. They, they may have been amazed at the women's story as they returned and said, we found the tomb empty, we saw this vision of angels. Right? We read about that in verse 22. It says, moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb, found it as the women said, but him they did not see. They, They may have been amazed at this story, but if we go back a little bit and look at verse 11, 
we see what they really thought about what the women had say, said. Chapter 24, verse 11 says, But these words, this tale as they called it, but these words seemed to them an idle tale. And they did not believe them. After all they had been through, all this earthly experience, they didn't have a clear idea as to what was going on. And here we find them on this road to Emmaus, walking with Jesus himself, aren't they? And yet they do not recognize him. Why don't they recognize him? Why does it, what does it say in verse 16? But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Their eyes were kept. Their hearts were kept. Their minds were kept from understanding who this was that they were walking with. The Spirit kept them from knowing him at this time. He kept the eyes of their hearts closed in order that they might be taught something here. And so Jesus walks with them, and as he walks with them, he walks them through Scripture, doesn't he? Verse 25. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Oh, I wish I could have been there. Don't you? To see how Jesus Christ himself would have walked them through the entirety of the scriptures to see exactly how he fulfilled each and every prophecy from the Pentateuch, those, those first five books of the Bible, through the prophets. They had the greatest possible teacher right there with them on the road. They would have been filled with scriptural knowledge in that seven-mile hike from Jerusalem to Emmaus, filled with knowledge, head knowledge, the words of Scripture, and how the Christ, how the Messiah would have fulfilled those things. And they still didn't recognize him. So life experience, even in Jesus' earthly presence, and a book knowledge of Scripture, even from Jesus himself, wasn't enough for them to truly recognize him and understand what had happened, what he had done for them at the cross. The salvation that he had provided for them through his sacrifice and the hope of eternal life through his resurrection. And so they just kept continuing on. They continued on until they came to their village and then they asked him to stay with him, them. They, 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 kind of, they urged him to stay with them. Verse 28, so they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. What is missing? If they have all this experiential knowledge and they have all this book knowledge... Why weren't they getting it? 
because the Spirit had kept their eyes closed. Verse 16, right? And the Spirit didn't open them again until Jesus broke that bread and gave it to them. In verse 31, let's start in verse 30. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed it and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened and they recognized him. So at this point, the Spirit opens up their eyes. While the Spirit is not expressly named in this passage, I believe it's very safe to say and to understand that this is what the Spirit does. The Spirit is the one that opens our eyes to the truth. The Spirit is the one that gives us a clarity and an understanding of who Jesus is and what he has done for us on our, on our behalf. The Spirit is the one that helps us to understand and comprehend Scripture and to see how Scripture points us towards Jesus Christ and then Jesus Christ in our knowledge of him helps us to understand what Scripture says. The Spirit draws us to God. The Spirit opens our eyes to the truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 16, it says, As it is written, What no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. These things God has revealed to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except the Spirit of that person which is in him. So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, that we might understand the things freely given us by God. And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the spirit, interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. The natural person does not accept the things of the spirit of God, for they are folly to him. And he is not able to understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual person judges all things, but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. In order to fully comprehend who Jesus is and what he has done, we need a knowledge of Scripture. That is vital. That is key to understanding who Jesus is. As Jesus himself walked them through, when he said they were slow to believe, he said, let's go to Scripture. Let's understand what it says. We need that knowledge of Scripture. And we do need experience of, of life in light of him seeing how he has worked in our own lives. But we also need the Spirit's power. We need the quickening of the Holy Spirit that our own spirit would be made alive and able to understand and to recognize and to comprehend who he is and what he's done. So take heart in this. If you have had your eyes opened to the truth of the gospel, if you've understood your need for Christ Jesus, if you've confessed your sin before a holy creator, if you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you understand what Scripture has to say about him, 
and, and what he has to say to you from Scripture as you read through it, it's not something that we have done. It's not something that you did for yourself and have gained this on your own of your own accord. This is the work of God's Spirit in your life, in your heart, opening your eyes. God has reached into your life and done this for you. You are sealed for the day of redemption by his Holy Spirit. And that's a good thing. That's an encouragement. Our salvation can't be lost, but we are secure because it's not our own doing. We didn't open our own eyes, and we can't close them. He has opened them. Now, now what happened in these men's lives when their eyes were opened? Verse 31 says, And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. And then they told what happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. When these two men's eyes were opened to the truth and to who Jesus was, they were moved. They didn't sit there and keep munching on the bread and say, that was pretty cool. Kind of enjoyed that. Oh, that was a great lesson, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, I'm glad we, glad we had that time in, in the Bible with that guy. That was, that was, a, that was nice. Oh, they were moved. They, they got up. They rose that very hour, it says. They were moved to actions and words that matched. They went right along with what they realized to be true. They got up. When did they get up? When it was convenient? Ah, it was late, wasn't it? The day had mostly gone by, had mostly been used up. Sun was setting. They had eaten dinner, broken bread, right? They had already taken that trip from Jerusalem back to their village. Seven miles, right? And here they're getting up and going seven miles back, right where they came from. It wasn't convenient. They were weary and tired from traveling, and traveling at night was far from safe, wasn't it? In that day and age, there were people ready to take anything you had. It was dark. They couldn't see you. And yet they rose that same hour and returned. And then what did they do? Verse 35, it says they shared what had happened to them. They proclaimed the resurrection themselves, encouraging and building up the others, as the others also encouraged and built them up, saying, the Lord is risen indeed, and he appeared to Simon. See, knowledge of Scripture, plus life experience in light of Christ, plus the Holy Spirit's unction brings us to a vivid knowledge and a comprehension of Jesus Christ, who he is and what he has done for us. And that should move us to action. We shouldn't be able to sit still. 
the single greatest thing to ever occur on the earth, and our eyes are open to it, our hearts are knowledgeable about it, we've been allowed to understand these things. Jesus Christ on the cross said, It is finished. But we are still here, aren't we? Does the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus still move us? Does it still work something in our hearts? Or are we content to sit down and keep chewing on a crust of bread? Has the Spirit opened your eyes? Is is it still the most thrilling thing you've ever had happen to you? That, That sudden realization of who Jesus is and that salvation moment. Do you remember that in your own life, in your own heart? Perhaps the tears shed and the joy to be known at that moment when your eyes were opened. Does it drive us into the night after a long journey to proclaim it to those we know? We aren't the ones who open eyes, but we are called to share the gospel with a lost world. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You are my witnesses. You will be my witnesses. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. As we share this good news, as we share this gospel, we need to pray and pray with urgency that the Spirit will move because we aren't the ones who open the eyes. That the Spirit will change their hearts and their minds. That the Spirit will open their eyes. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom, but we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called both Greeks and Jews, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. For the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. The world is lost. So we must share the truth with those who need Jesus. We, we, we need to study God's word living life with him as we walk in his ways for his glory. We need to pray for the Spirit's presence and strength for ourselves that we would be able to share, that we might be given words of wisdom 
that might connect with somebody in a way that we wouldn't even begin to think of. But God lays those words on our hearts as we pray for wisdom and, and praying for the Spirit's presence and strength for the opening of the eyes of those who are lost to the truth, that it wouldn't be folly, that they would come to an understanding. There's so many people who study the Word of God and they, they study it as a book, as literature. They have no clue what it says because the Spirit hasn't opened their eyes. Let's pray that we would be used as tools in such a manner. As we share, the Spirit would move. And let's keep fellowshipping with the body, keep bringing the good news to one another, just as these men did with the disciples and the disciples did with them, encouraging and building one another up in the truth. Let's do these things for the glory of God. Let's pray. And Father God, we thank you for your spirit. I pray, Lord, that we would not fear your spirit, but we would let your spirit move here in this place, in our hearts, in our lives, that, Lord, you would use us as instruments to your glory and for the furtherance of your gospel. That the, the, the wonder of, of that moment our eyes would, were open to the truth of you, that wouldn't be lost on us the further away it gets removed day after day. Lord, that we would be just as excited, just as thrilled as the day it happened. And that that would move us to share with others the knowledge of the truth, the opening of our eyes by your Spirit would move us to share it with others that your spirit would open their eyes to. Lord, we give this time to you. We thank you once again for the opportunity to gather and worship you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your son. We worship you in Jesus Christ's name. Amen.